The latest episode of Adventures in Golf is here. Eric Anders Lang meets up with Christopher Smith, who is the current record holder for the fastest round of speed golf. Uh, you can find that on Scratch, S-K-R-A-T-C-H. These guys continue to pump out the hits uh, with this series. For now, let's go straight to Tron Carter, and we're going to talk a bit about the Asian swing. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! Yeah, I mean, that's... Better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. Sunday night. Uh, I don't need, I've lost track of what day it is. I'm still struggling with the jet lag, but it's been a couple, it's been a couple weeks or a co- almost a month or a couple months. Tron Carter, what's going on? Not much, dude. Just got... Got done playing a little Sunday game with uh, Justin Huber, Luke Guthrie, DJ Pihowski out at Sawgrass. It was it was gnarly out there today, dude. Just just frothy, like thirty mile an hour winds. It was probably coolest day of the year we've had so far. Got down in the high fifties by the end of the round. So uh, I guess they're overseeding the greens, or they're they're I think they're going to overseed everything tomorrow kind of as a test run for what they're going to need to do when the schedule kind of flips to players being earlier uh, in a couple of years. So anyway, just got off the course. I apologize for my voice. I probably sound worse than I feel. I've been sick the last few days, but on the mend. So you, uh, good to have you back stateside, Solid. Yeah, it's good to be back. My favorite comment you got on Instagram was from somebody that I, I, I really want to believe they were joking when they said, hey, just curious, guys, what course is that? As you guys were <laughs> really streaming live from 17 at Sawgrass. I got roasted for like the next 20 minutes on there, too. Like, <laughs> so many people were like, oh, it's 13 at Riviera. Or like, <laughs> it, was, it was good, man. I feel bad for that guy. Hopefully he like, doesn't unfollow us or anything but, no i I, yeah. I believe that he was joking like the way he worded it i'm hoping that he was joking but uh hey lads what what course is that yeah <laughs> want to uh want to debrief a bit on uh on asia um and then talk a bit about golf in korea and then we got a lot of questions i wasn't expecting that many questions to come through on a sunday night but uh apparently people are starving for some golf stuff even though uh the golf viewing on television has been less than ideal the last few weeks i mean speak for yourself man it's been the Sanderson Farms was on this week. It was <laughs> it's as ideal as it gets. <laughs> How so, much of the Asian swing did you watch? Uh, maybe forty five minutes. That's fair. I I did like I caught I I kept up with the leaderboards and caught some highlights and everything. But as far as live coverage, it just wasn't you know having a nine month old kid and you know we I'm dude I'm in bed by like nine o'clock most nights these days so, so prime time for me is like seven to nine not nine to eleven you missed the epic uh show uh leishman show though at uh, in korea yeah. that was that was that was wild but we're not that gonna... was actually the one i, I kind of went back and like sought out the highlights for that one and like saw the whole playoff in its entirety until they lost the the satellite feed 
that uh, the drop on on the on the first playoff hole was just amazing to watch. Uh, so Leash hits this drive so far right that I thought it was out of bounds. Like it's on the opposite side of this wall. But fortunate for him, there was OB takes right of this path, and uh, so they call in Slugger for a rules uh, a ruling. And Slugger like tries to climb over this wall. It's like it's like, these rocks that aren't like welded together or anything. It's just rocks that are all placed together. And he like can't get over the wall and knocks over like the, he basically was like the Kool Aid guy coming through the wall, knocking it over <laughs> to come in for the ruling. Humpty Dumpty. And uh, so so Maddie, Leisha's caddy, who's who's your boy, and uh, now we're definitely boys. But he uh, he asked like, can we just can we just knock the wall down? And I was like, that, I thought that was so savvy. It was like, well, okay, clearly, you know, this wall is a movable obstruction. At least I thought it could be. Uh, but there was a very complicated ruling that happened there and that ended up with Leash dropping like 50 yards back and hitting one of the best layups I maybe have ever seen in my life. This like punch cut, I'm assuming what was a four iron under a tree that no one watching the broadcast could have had appreciation for what the hole that he put it through, how easy he made that look. And uh, how he survived to well, last can, one more hole. Can I ask, like, would if Big Cat would have been involved, would would this have been a, a movable, a temporary <laughs> that's, movable object, that's like a the, boulder? That's the example I was giving. Like, if if they can move that rock in Arizona, then how are these all these little rocks? Uh, I know JT had some questions about that ruling, and so he got an explanation from Slugger and was fine with it eventually. But um, he was asking something. I don't know this rule exactly, but is the course is the wall an integral part of the golf course? Was what they were trying to settle. And anyway, it didn't end up mattering. You're getting down to philosophical questions. Yeah, yeah. With uh, such a natural layout at Nine Bridges, it's 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 uh, it's hard to tell if that if that wall was man made (laughs) or uh, or natural. So. Uh, yeah, so so I woke up like that morning. I, I guess it was Monday morning. I woke up. Um, or was it Sunday? No, it was Sunday morning. I woke up and uh, I had like a bunch of texts from you, and then I had texts from Maddie. And Maddie said that like the I I think it was I don't know if it was in the playoff or I think it was in regulation. What Leishman hit the the three wood or driver that he hit? I think it was the three wood that he hit in regulation to into 18 he yeah. was like it was the top three golf shots he's ever seen in his life oh it was like, Maddie's not like prone to hyperbole so it, it was 261 i think it's a little bit downhill from like a perched fairway up there but into the breeze and mm-hmm. like leash was ready to hit driver like he was willing to hit driver off the deck on the 72nd hole to an island green par five and he's, finish. And he's he's one back or two back um, 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 um he is one back at the time so yeah he would have eagled he would have taken now he was tied tied for the lead i think at the time it's hard to say because uh he if he made the eagle he would have won and jt birdied so yeah they were tied they were tied at the moment um and he was ready to hit driver but the wind died just enough for him to hit three wood and he i was like kind of hustling i was trying to bounce between the two groups leash was in the group ahead of jt and i'm mm-hmm. i'm like the only one out there watching which was just surreal like it really i mean not not i mean the only like media person out there watching um yeah. and uh so i'm bouncing between the two groups and i'm like running up to the fairway to watch this shot and i get there right as leash is about to hit it so i had like this perfect aerial view and they executed one of the greatest golf high fives i've ever seen i mean it was <laughs> authentic it was like 
solid contact, like a little tug on both sides. Uh, and he he needed to make that eagle because Leash was Leash was just at the absolute man. It was such a cool vibe. I mean, dudes were just so yeah. much more laid back out there, and you know, I, I'm the only one out there from a media perspective following. So, every time they're waiting on a shot, they're like way more talkative than they would be at a normal round of golf. And uh, just, I mean, they're there. It, you could you could speak on this, but it, like it's a no cut event. It's a big money, and the guys are just kind of are there to have a good time. I mean, it got pretty serious there down the stretch, obviously, but. It was such they're a cool playing for, Yeah, playing for crazy money. It was what, like $1.8 million? $1.7 million? JT got like one six five or something, and uh, Leash got basically nine ninety nine or essentially a million bucks for finishing second. But uh, no, I think, and I know you have some takes on kind of the, the no-cut free money events, but, you know, in talking to guys over there and being there, if they, if they add cuts to those events, guys oh, aren't going to totally, come. No, I get that. Like, yeah. it totally disincentivizes... That whole thing. One of my problems with it is, all right, you're essentially giving guys a forty thousand dollars appearance fee, right? Because yeah. it's like last place gets for like that's the that's the WGC. Is, okay, yeah, okay. So so the WGC you get like forty one thousand or forty thousand for last place. When you finish twenty spots higher, you get like another four grand. Yeah, which to me seems kind of off. Um, my whole issue with the guaranteed money is you don't even have to finish the event. I know. Crazy. Like that that's what kills me is like the guy got he got DQ'd, he didn't even show up for his third round tea time. And he gets the same as somebody who gutted it out for four rounds and maybe finished forty shots off the lead. Like, I don't know. To me that's just wrong. Yeah. I mean we could we could do a debate from a whole philosophical standpoint, like is it right for, you know, professionals? Like I feel like you should have to finish the event. Yeah. But at the same time you gotta think I, I definitely hear you on that, but it's also like thinking about caddies and transportation and all this stuff. I mean, I know some caddies, I shouldn't say some, I know at least one caddy like didn't go to Malaysia because he didn't want to go to that event. And yeah. like, a, and so it is kind of, there's so much stuff goes into it. So if you know you're, it's such an expensive trip. And, and I think, you know, most players kind of sponsor their caddies trip over, usually like a business class flight. Yeah. And that kind of subs in for their, their weekly payment that they get paid. But you mm-hmm. also kind of need some guaranteed incentive money. I get it. No, yeah, I, yeah, like, I it, like I get the fact that like you know Grayson going over and shooting Jimmy Johnson on one side, <laughs> like he's shooting a what a forty. He shot thirty three forty eight. It was it was yeah. impressive. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like I get that you got to give guys a reason to to go over, especially when there's new events and some guys maybe don't feel like they're playing great or you know it's kind of the off season, but. At the end of the day, I have no problem with making it a big ass purse and giving last place money and all that stuff. But like, man, just you got to make it so that these guys finish the, the event. Yeah, yeah. I think so. the reason why that doesn't exist is something like what Berger did last year. He hit one tee shot and collected his money. But you also don't want like an injured player just toughing it out for the sake of collecting. Like, what somebody could legitimately shoot yeah. one fifty for the sake of collecting that paycheck. So <laughs> yeah. what's the point in really making a guy finish? I think they should even look into, pay, like, a, for Sunday, like, paying out, uh, cutting the bottom 40 guys, but paying out the places, almost like a, a made cut did not finish, and at least breaking it up into twosomes for the pace of play because when that wind well, blew yeah. on the weekend, there are threesomes off both sides. It was, like, five-and-a-half-hour rounds. I mean, it was That's disgusting. Me. Even today, like, with the Sanderson Farms, or, like, next week when they play in Vegas and the, the sun's starting to set earlier and all that, like, 
you know, the fact that they're playing threesomes on a Sunday when the when the weather's fine, like that's just it just sucks. Yeah. You know, it's just just kind of like it's just a different vibe out there. It's a different pace of play. It's a different. There's no. Uh, it, it seems like there's not as much, uh, you know, anticipation. And there's not as much energy in the group. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. it, it went par four, start par three, and then reachable par five. There was dudes teeing oh. off on the third hole fifty minutes after their tee time. I mean, it was it was disgusting, yeah. and it, it was the same at uh, Kuala Lumpur. It was par four, par four par five and it, the dudes were teeing off 50 minutes after the tee time on the third hole and it's just well, so all right so so why don't like why don't you just have a cut and just pay everybody that misses the cut that's, that's what i just said no well no but like even like a 36 hole cut yeah oh that's true yeah you could do that and, you know what i mean and just like because it's not like, like people are showing up to watch hey it's not like any that many people are showing up to watch those events because admittedly they're not, not spectator events right right like that—that's one of my questions for you. Like, what's the vibe on the ground? Good question. There? Um, so, so let's start with Malaysia. Um, the, the you show up the, the like Monday through Wednesday or Tuesday and Wednesday were the only days I was there practice round. Like, there's not even fans allowed. Um, like pro amps <laughs> over there are not uh, not attended by fans essentially. And somebody told me this. And I don't want to speak for all Asian cultures or or you know I don't want to overspeak for this. But I've been I was somebody said like. It's not necessarily a thing in Asian culture to take time off work to go watch a golf tournament. Um, so Thursday and Friday, but so play starts Thursday in Malaysia, and I was kind of like reminded, oh yeah, this is this is a legitimate PGA Tour event because people were there and it's had a totally different vibe in those first couple of days, which was mm-hmm. essentially a bunch of dudes around a golf course practicing, chipping, and talking and just socializing. Um, and then when Saturday rolled around, the crowds did come out in Malaysia for the big groups. And I followed Matsuyama a lot, and there were huge crowds out following, relatively speaking, obviously. But uh, just a lot of people on the ground. Yeah. But it's not like a social event there. I mean, there was hospitality around the 18th hole, and that was kind of a noisy place. But the rest of people were there to watch golf. People aren't – I mean, it was too hot to drink beer. But it's not like people are – and it's a, it's, a, it's a strong Muslim population in Malaysia, so it's, it's not a heavy drinking culture. But – there's not people out there like drinking beers and socializing. Like, people were there to watch the golf, and it was locals. I, that's, I was curious too. Is it mostly Malaysians out watching? Mostly Koreans? Is it expats? And it was almost entirely locals, and it was fun to follow Gavin cool. Green and oh, that, like the. That's le- kind of encouraging, right? Yeah, definitely. And the, the, but the legitimate cheering that went in behind Gavin Green, like their local guy, was fascinating. Like when he made a birdie, I caught this guy like give like a trying to be under his breath but a way too loud of a like a personal cheer like a yes like he was absolutely pumped and that that was just cool to see so that was that was kind of the point of going was to see you know that side of it because if i'm being honest i i mean i went to the first two events and i didn't go to china i did not watch one second of the china event so i totally understand people not watching it from the other side of the world but it was with so much other sports going on it was so yeah. cool to see that stuff kind of up close and um didn't really care for tpc I think for me like the the Malaysia one, yeah, like I just don't like. I've watched that tournament in the past. I just don't care for that course. Yeah, the guys like, love it though. I don't want that one. And it, which is surprising. I mean, the fairways are so narrow, and but it's such there's such an incentive to hit them because they play ball in hand, and uh, that the rough is yeah. like this kind of wet Bermuda rough that is terrible to hit out of so the guys that drove it well i watched a lot of xander shoffley and that guy just pounds long irons down these fairways it was it, 
I'm very intrigued by this guy. I mean, I know we talked about him a bit after he won the Tour Championship, but uh, I was very impressed. He kind of lost steam in Korea, and I think he shot an 82 actually once in Korea, but really, really impressed by him. And Pat Perez is just a legend, dude. That guy, I mean, following him for 18 holes, some of the things he said and just does not care. <laughs> just, I mean ripping farts on the green and shaking him out the bottom of his pants and just his live commentary. It's, it's hilarious. He's standing on the 18th tee at, at Malaysia with a four shot lead and comes back up to me. He's, Hey, you got that Arizona state score. And, uh, I was like, yeah, they won. They beat, that was when they beat Washington. And, uh, then he said, what about San Diego state? And I looked it up and San Diego state lost and he was furious. He's like, I can't pick a winner to save my life. This is in the 18 fairway. This is like way, he's about to win a million bucks and win his third PGA tour event. And he's just can't he's always talking about us, how he can't pick a winner. And, uh, ah, oh, he's just the best. He, I bet he's got some takes on Todd Graham. Oh, oh man. I bet he, I bet you get him fired up one night over a couple of beers and he just, start going off about the Arizona State football program. We need to get him That'd on the pod. We talked about it a little bit. I think we may be able to make that happen eventually, but uh, he's the man. But uh, A quick break to tell you guys a bit about Golf Lives. You heard us mention it before this video came out, but it is out, and I have seen it, and it is fantastic. The new docuseries by Callaway Golf profiles Arian Foster and rap legend Scarface as Callaway invited them into their world at Callaway headquarters to fit them for clubs and showcase the innovations that makes Callaway the number one equipment company in golf. They then followed Arian and Scarface back to their hometown of Houston for their highly anticipated showdown on the golf course. Uh, there was a lot of betting amounts flying around, and it goes down to the wire. And uh, their trash talking back and forth was was good stuff. It's about eight-minute video. It's definitely worth your time. You can watch the entire series now at CallawayGolf.com slash Golf Lives. I promise you will not be disappointed. Uh, now back to Tron. Uh, yeah, Kuala Lumpur, that, that court. I mean, the, the guys do love that event. I mean, it, it was it was hotter than I could possibly describe. I mean, I landed after like a 36-hour trip, uh, 36 hours of flying and connections and whatnot. To and I had like so did, you fly, did you fly east or west? I flew, I flew around the world on this trip. I went east. I went Columbus to Philadelphia to London to Kuala Lumpur. So it was like an hour and fifteen, and then shout out Malaysian Airlines seven and a half, and then thirteen and a half on London to Kuala Lumpur. But that uh, was surreal. I mean, it was cool. Like we saw like sunrise over London as we landed, and then uh, on this on the Malaysian Airlines flight, we saw sunset over Tehran in uh, in Iran on the way to Kuala Lumpur. Like it was the coolest. I've never been that far east, and it was a terrible, miserable day. Obviously, getting that going that way, but then coming home, I flew from Seoul to Chicago to Columbus. So I actually flew around the yeah. world, which is pretty wild. But um, yeah, the dudes love that Malaysia event. It was super hot. I mean, it's cool. You're done by like three o'clock every day, and guys just take and you get this motorcade to and from the hotel which makes you feel like you're like a dignitary. I mean, it's absurd how many cars they stop in traffic, like people going about their normal day for a bunch of golfers and media people and tour officials to get to and from the hotel. It was pretty... And the traffic's supposed to be hella bad there, It's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. So I took an Uber to the course the first day. I was like, this isn't that bad. And then took one, took the motorcade home and saw totally saw the value in like police going ahead and smacking cars with their hands on motorcycles and telling them to move over and like people actually did people moved out of the way and we didn't stop like once on the way so it was did uh, you share did you share uh like a uh 
sedan or anything with with any players, or were you like in like a media bus? Yeah, it it just depends. Like I rode with with KFS a couple times. I rode with Streber and Catman a couple times, and you ah, just kind of you, you kind of buddy up with guys and try to. It's easy as if you're a third. Or if I'm a so, like I'm a solo, I could ride in the front seat and ride with a player and a caddy. Um, I rode with Charles Schwartzel once, and I rode with uh, Chris Stroud once, and not a word was spoken. He had just shot like seventy nine, so there was not a word spoken in that car, but. Uh, it's, it's cool to see what's, well, I don't know. It, Kuala Lumpur is a really cool city and like players don't venture further than the mall across the street. Like they don't go see the city at all. Some guys mm-hmm. do. I saw Peter Uline out in the, in the city and whatnot, but, um, it's just funny that they go to the other side of the world and, and it's a work trip for them. I get it, but they don't, they don't make it, they don't make it very far from the hotel. So, yeah, but, uh, we talked a bit about nine bridges in, in Korea and you kind of got on me fairly, uh, for my, my critiques of the course. My overall point was, uh, I mean, you see nine bridges in a lot of top 100 lists. My point was like, I didn't necessarily think it belonged there, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean I thought it was a crap course. I know a lot of, yeah, it's not a sure. celebration of, yeah, it's all, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not, it's all relative and it's not. The courses in Korea are not like a celebration of minimalism at like even in the slightest bit. It is so take and I, I know we've talked on this podcast about how awesome golf is in England, Scotland, Ireland and how affordable it is for local people and the minimalism that comes with the clubhouse, the just how it's all about the golf course and we've what we've kind of done from a private side in the US is kind of uh it it's it's hard to see from a, add a bunch of BS to it. Yeah, added a bunch of pomp and circumstance to it. So take what we do to a golf course and multiply it by 50, and that's what golf in Korea is like. So there's more screen golf, like more projector screen golf played there than there is actual rounds of golf because that's how like common yeah. people, like you and I there, would be playing screen golf 90% yeah. of the time. So is there screen golf like just next level? Yeah. Oh, there's TrackMan. There's uh, there's it, it's. I mean, not necessarily TrackMan, but it tells you your ball speed, your your uh, your mile an hour, yeah. and the details were. It was so much fun. We went three times, uh, and uh, even even convinced co- the commissioner to come play with us, which was just awesome. He and he and Reimer teamed up and were doing like the Kisner Mickelson dance after every after every par <laughs> they made. So uh, it was really fun. I mean, you just go and you rent a room and you grab some beers and you order some pizza and. Uh, I mean, the people there in Jeju don't really speak English, so you just kind of point and figure it out, and uh, it, it was it was a pretty cool experience. But I was also lucky enough to play to play some golf. So I got to play in the pro am at, at Kuala Lumpur and Nine Bridges. But my point with what I was wrote about the pro am was I played from so far up that I feel like yeah. I didn't even get to play Nine Bridges. I mean, it was it was driver and a forty yard pitch on every single hole. Um, you know, Sally, you don't have to hit driver up every hole, man. It's you know? a pro-am. You do. <laughs> you can't You can't be three-iron in the pro-am guy. You cannot. Uh, so you, you lose your place in the circuit if you go and start hitting. Start. You were probably – yeah, but you were probably hitting – what are you playing, like a shamble or bramble? Yeah, it was or, shamble. So, yeah, but you're probably hitting from awkward yardages. You'd probably be better off being – Probably. Farther back. You know? But you can't be that guy. I definitely I can't be that guy. So – um, so all right, so would would you say Nine Bridges, like semi Fazio style course? Yeah, well, I, so well, so what I, I they, when it was when it was move soft, a lot of dirt. And like, yes, oh, there's a big yeah. project, but that's how that's how these things work. So yeah. um, essentially, it's like a company builds the golf course. So CJ Corp built Nine Bridges and Hazley Nine Bridges, which is course in the mainland, which I played, which the CJ Cup is going to be moving to. 
potentially wink wink in 2019 uh and it's so it it's what they want it to to be so they created this this course on top of this mountain in jeju that is the quietest place i probably have ever seen a golf course you're set up in these trees and each hole is separated from each other you don't ever see like another hole um that's kind of a korean thing as well as you want it to feel as private and exclusive as possible. KJ Choi had never played this course because of how private and exclusive it is. And uh, but yeah, so they so they build these extravagant courses with moving a lot of land. And I, I assume actually I don't know exactly what went into Nine Bridges. I didn't get to ask a lot of questions about that. But um, I, the course itself I thought was way too easy. Like on Wednesday and on Thursday when the wind didn't blow, fairways are super wide. It was soft. Like the greens were holding everything. I'm surprised we didn't see lower scores on Thursday. And then when the wind blew, the course made a ton of sense to me. I thought it played phenomenally. The cross Is there a lot winds, of elevation change? Yes, there is a good amount of elevation change. Um, I mean, not, not a ton. I mean, compared to the other courses I played on the trip, no, not a ton, but a good amount. But the, the width of the fairways was so important when the wind blew for these crosswinds, for A, for guys to be able to hold their ball, and B, to create like the, the like width and angles there – I think I know as much as like somebody like Andy would hate that course, it played really well for the professionals and they had to hit. There was a couple pins like on the fourth hole that w- if you put it in the back left, like dudes had to not hit iron off the tee. You had to hit like a driver to get it way down the right side of the fairway to have any angle into the pin. And it played a lot more firm and it just was a really good test after, after Thursday, I thought it was a phenomenal test. Of course it led to five and a half hour rounds because the scores were pretty high, but uh, I was really impressed how the, how the course played out after a really soft soft uh, lead up to the tournament. So I think it works. Like, so like Jeju, like we is this? I mean, like what's the climate like there? Is it like so people were calling it like the Hawaii of Korea, but it's not. It's not like tropical. It was, but yeah. I mean, it was. It was in the low, high sixties almost the entire week. It, it never got like below sixty and was never above seventy. And how far uh, off the mainland, or how far off like the Korean Peninsula? I'd say it's about an uh, hour flight from Seoul, so it's not it's not far from the southern part of the peninsula, um, okay. but it is considerably warmer there than in Seoul. Like South Cape, where I went down and played, eventually we'll get there, was like thirteen degrees Fahrenheit warmer than Seoul, which was remarkable because that was like a forty minute flight. So. Uh, it is a nice climate, but it's it's fall there. So it, the tournament is just before all the leaves will change colors. I mean, it, with the orange on, on the trees, that would have looked absolutely phenomenal. And it really did look look phenomenal. Did it look good on TV from what little bit you saw? Yeah, it did. It did. And then, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think part of what colored me, too, is just I kept seeing that 18th green, like that yeah. kind of gimmicky island thing. Yep. And it was, you know, like I was talking to Andy about the course. And he was like, dude, like. We pulled it up on Google Earth, and the routing looked like nine. Of the, I, I can't remember if it was the front nine or the back nine. looked looked like a really good stretch of holes. Front nine, um, front nine was real good. Yeah, like really good terrain, like you know. And then, uh, but yeah, it was just kind of. I was kind of colored by that, just that 18th hole finishing. It was kind of like a bad. Yeah. It's like a bad TPC, <laughs> right? That, that it's it ended up playing awesome. Like it created the yeah. exact theater they wanted from a design standpoint. It's it's a really funky hole, and uh, if it plays downwind, like it screws everything up. Like they need that hole to play into the wind for it to work out the way it did, and it did. So that works. But again, that's kind of the vi- like the vision. So the 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 like the way business owners are treated down there, they are like royalty essentially. So like I, I have no idea what the chairman of CJ Club. 
CJ core, what his involvement is in developing the course, but that's probably like his say, I want an Island green, crazy par five finishing hole. And that's what he gets. So, um, did you see Shackleford's thing? What was it? He said like, it was in like in peak Shackleford's snarky ass, you know, anti everything, but you know, which, which I enjoy from time to time. He was like, he said, "Oh yeah, it was great to see the chairman out there." Oh yeah, fresh out of the slammer. <laughs> That's a normal thing there too. Supposedly, all of the yeah. business execs get in trouble there, and they're really cracking down on on a lot of stuff there. So, uh, needless to say, this was a very interesting cultural visit, and I got the really the cultural side. So, I was supposed to go to China. My visa ended up falling through, and I could not be more thrilled that it did because the week of golf I had after the tournament was just on uh, on experience unlike anything i've had on the on the face of this earth because i don't think i don't know what the rest of asian golf is like but i don't think it's like this in korea but um i got to play one round in jeju i got to play at black course called blackstone down the road which i think has formerly held the ballantines uh championship i'm not sure exactly what the name of the tournament is but uh a tournament that no longer exists and uh it was cool but exclusive private course that uh, we were able to get on. We we paid. I mean, it was it was it was a hefty sum that we paid to play it, but it was worth it. And that's where I had, if you guys read my uh, bidet incident, where I thought I was flushing the toilet, but I can't read the buttons in Korean, and a bidet came out and sprayed me and threw water all over this very 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 nice restroom. Uh, but I got my first taste of it, and then got a chance. So so. DJ Pie went and played this course called Whistling Rock when he was at the President's Cup in 2015. And just like the look on his face when he described it to me, it it intrigued me more. Maybe yeah, more I remember than- seeing his slideshow about it like last year. He just he was like sat down over beers one night and he was like, dude, I gotta show you this. I was like, <laughs> it's like half an hour of just. Jesus, like, is this place real? It it's it's so it doesn't feel real. It if it, it's it feels like you're playing golf in like a fairy tale place, and it's it's uh it's this course. It's about an hour and a half east of Seoul, and and Bacon went there last year, and I saw Bacon's pictures, and he put me in touch with uh, David Fisher, who's their VP of international business, and got invited to go play out there, and they offered to come pick me up. I'm staying in like a $19 a night Airbnb in downtown Seoul. Like that's how I travel. Like I'm a, I'm a budget traveler. And, there, and I, I get a warning. The tournament director, Travis Steiner at CJ Cup was like, oh, you're playing there? You're going to need a sport coat. I was like, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh, I don't have one of those. But so he's and I talked to, to Dave and he's like, no, you're fine. Just wear you know nice clothes. So you show up. I get picked up and driven an hour and a half outside the city by the uh, by David's assistant, which felt so uncomfortable to me. But that's like normal Korean hospitality. They just treat you like you're a dignitary when you're a guest. And you show up at this this clubhouse that I can't explain the. I don't want to put an estimate on the dollar amount of this thing, but uh, if it's in the tens of millions to build this clubhouse and uh, it's got like marble floors from Turkey and these Dutch guys designed it and um, it's got elevators and it's, it's just like a symbol of wealth and it's, it's exuberant er, exuberance. What's the word? You're the vocab guy. Extra uh, extravagant extravagant or yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah, so it's 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 amazing. And so, but you don't go like a Korean golf experience takes the entire day. So we go, and you know you're in your dress clothes, and you go have breakfast. Then you change, you play. 
but like when you go out to the course, like you you stop at the tea house. Like there's a tea house every five holes, which is it. like their version of a halfway house. And I mean, wait till you see pace of play, huh? Oh, there's not a thing out there. It's five hour rounds, <laughs> and uh, you're, five you're, hour rounds. It sounds like there's seven hour. Oh, rounds. they sh- they pretty much are. So. <laughs> Uh, and so, and I'll talk about the golf course in a second, but I just want to talk about like the, the experience and the walk, the, the, these tea houses are again, just so unbelievably extravagant, have these amazing views of the course and they all have a theme to them. Like the, the cocoon is the first nine. So the first one's kind of shaped like a cocoon and you, it's kind of this futuristic look and it's got this window that you can look out onto the, onto the sixth hole and, um, you're like kind of supposed to top of the turn, stop at the turn. I, we, we, you know, I wasn't playing with a member host, so we kind of went through this a little bit fast because we wanted, there's not that much daylight and we wanted to save enough time to play 27. <laughs> like I want to play the golf. Well, and I need, I wanted to save some time to take some drone shots at the end of it with, with the sunlight. So, uh, but yeah, you're supposed to stop after nine and the caddy experience. And this was for each course we played is extremely different than anything you've ever seen. Your golf cart seats four people. All four bags go on the same cart. You have one female caddy, and the cart never leaves the cart path. Um, but she will br- like if you hit a ball out into the fairway, she will co- like let's say four of us are playing, and we all have balls out in the fairway. She will come out with our yardage and three clubs for each person, uh, so she'll carry twelve clubs, and you know you'll hit your shot. And you'll all start walking to the green, and she'll start walking with you. And it's confusing. And then she presses a button, and the golf cart starts driving itself along the golf along the path, and goes up to the green. She presses another button, and it stops. And it's just un- it's a it's a it's remarkable. It's amazing. Have you ever played Hot Shots Golf? I haven't. No. Okay, I, I don't even remember what you played on, but it's the the the. Um, I always wondered in that game why the the ball sounds different when you make it. Like it just sounds like it drops into a metal tin. That's what the cups sound like there, and it trips you out the first time you hear it. But it becomes like addicting. You look forward to making a putt to hear that sound, and the caddies all like say the same thing, like "nice hit," like when you make it in the hole, and it, <laughs> it's it's so much fun. It's awesome, and it's such a formal experience. Like they, the caddies are all so formal and um, sounds excessive and opulent. Man. Oh, it's in. And then the golf course itself is set in this mountain. And again, this, this company, uh, Tech, uh, Tech One, I believe is the name of the company that built the course. And they kind of all compete with each other. It's, it's a bunch of rivalries between all these clubs, as you might imagine. Yeah. Uh, so are these like conglomerates that yes. are building these courses? And they're just like, it's basically for execs and client yep, stuff? Or? Execs. And I think there's some members that aren't members of the company as well. Um, and they And it's... And so something like Nine Bridges is has has invested highly, I would say, in getting very high up in the rankings. Whereas somewhere like Whisper Rock is not uh, partake in those. Uh, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, uh, <laughs> yeah. but they they want to get this place kind of more noticed. And uh, and I, it's kind of the way the internet and the power of social media works. If it wasn't for DJ and Shane, I would never have known this place existed. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are going to now know about it after listening and reading uh, reading what I'll have to say about it. But it was the one of the most enjoyable golf experiences I've ever had. I mean, it looks like you're you're playing this fairy tale place. The the fall foliage is coming in. There's not one single detail overlooked, and they recently renovated the. So there's three nines, the two nines, cocoon and temple. They recently renovated the greens. Eric Iverson, who's a uh, a disciple of Tom Doak, went out in last year and renovated the greens. And the green contours are just fabulous. They're so challenging, yet they're they're fair. 
And then we went and played the Cloud Nine, which is the nine that hasn't been renovated yet. And I saw kind of I got a vibe of what they used to be like in the challenge. And the the job that Iverson has done is nothing short of remarkable to kind of save not save, but I mean it was the balls are just rolling out fifty feet and coming and uh, rolling back to your feet. <laughs> to it. It, it was it was kind of ridiculous. I mean, the second time through would be a lot easier, but. So you're saying it's a good thing that they run an adoke disciple to tame some, yes, tame some greens. But he's he may- seen some gnarly greens in his day, probably. But they were so they were still pretty gnarly, but yeah, so fit, and they created a lot more pin positions by making uh, they uh, essentially. I think I think David said they thirty percent of the of the greens could be used for pins, and uh, originally now it's closer to fifty. And some of the pins, like we had this pin on the seventh hole, was just like this perfect back left pin with a slope to the right of it. That if you, mi- it's pretty easy to get it in that little alley, but if you miss it, like you are toast. You can't get it up and down. But it, it created like a perfect challenge of, hey, just hit mm-hmm. a decent shot with a wedge in here, and you've got a good look at birdie. But if you miss it, you're probably making bogey. Uh, uh, it was the intricacies of it, and it's all man made. It's all so much earth moving and such a huge manual labor project. Um, but as it, long as you accept that, yes. just, yeah, yeah, it's like and they, hey, it is what it is, and just enjoy it for what it is, right? And they get there with it too. It's 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 a celebration of the natural landscape and the trees around the place that frame it. Uh, and it's one of the courses that the only course I really played there where you can see other holes from the course. Mm-hmm. So it gives us, and I love that. I, I don't like holes that are separated out uh, like one by one, yeah. and you don't have really have a flow to it. So. Um, some unbelievable elevation changes going like up the hill on the the second hole in Temple, then coming down. I've got some drone shots that are going to come out of that that are just imp- it's it's unreal how high up you are hitting down these fairways and how high you climb on the second hole. And um, man, I'm sure I'm missing. I, I try to take some notes, but I'm sure I'm missing some stuff. And I'm going to have a full so, write up on it. But so, can you get like massages between nines? Oh, I'm sure you can. So, so that's I want to talk about this too. So when you finish play. It is like 100% customary. You do the, like everyone does this. So you go, you strip down to your boxers, and you go. And they call it a sauna there, but it's not a sauna. It is a hot tub, and it's again. Picture the like the nicest locker room you could imagine. And I think at Whistling Rock there was either three or four tubs of water in like near the showers that uh, all at different temperatures with the temperature listed right there. And you go get naked with a bunch of men and you sit in a hot tub <laughs> and you just debrief and you sit and chat and you, sit and debrief. you just do like, you just take in what you just did. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It was re- kind of uncomfortable the first time I did it. And now I'm obsessed with it. Are there cold tubs too? There's like a room temperature tub. I think, I think yeah. there was um, like a 17 degree Celsius one. So that would be in the 60s. Well, so like maybe that's pretty cool. Refuge, yeah, essentially it is. And then you shower and you get dressed back up and then you go have dinner. And I got there just after sunrise and I left and it was dark and it was just the most unbelievable complete day. And, uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I know it's, 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 I'm just raving about it, but I really was like on cloud nine. It was one of the coolest, most unique, different golf experiences I've ever had. And, and like I said, yeah, when you said you got to embrace like how, how extravagant it is and, but they get, they get there with it. Like they totally accomplish it. And I felt, uh, the course we played the next day, which was Hazley nine bridges, which is a sister course of nine bridges. Also, I believe owned in some capacity. I don't get, I don't know how the structures work by that CJ core that I didn't feel like they got all the way there. Um, and we'll talk about that course probably more in the future. Um, uh, but I, I ran to honor bond 
in the airport, and I told him I was going to play Hazley Nine Bridges, and he's like, oh, that is the greatest course ever, and it was like listing off the holes one by one, and because uh, he played there in a KJ Choi event a few years ago, so I think the players might really love Hazley. Uh, after playing Whistling Rock, though, it was it just doesn't doesn't compare for me. It was it was maybe because I knew about Whistling Rock coming in and whatnot, knew what DJ and Shane had to say about it, but man, it was a spiritual. Did you experience. almost just like not want to play golf? Did you almost just want to like chill in the clubhouse? No, no, because well, at like Hazley. I can see that kind of vibe because their clubhouse, again, amazing. This ridiculous woodworking. Uh, it's almost like Sagrada Familia. Like they have these like tree-like wood <laughs> coming up. Oh, oh the, I, I'm probably not doing justice for the extravagance of these clubhouses. But Whistling Rock, the golf course, was so much fun. Like, so much fun. I could have played. I could play there every single day. I didn't walk away from Hazley. And I, I'm being too hard on Hazley because of what I'm comparing it to. But I didn't walk away from that saying, oh, I would love to play that course every day. And there was construction going yeah. on out there. They're doing some work on the greens. We had several temporary greens. But uh, can we can we talk about how at Hazley, um, I, I made – I think I've already told you this, so I can't ask you the question. I made four birdies in an eagle, and I shot 85. Jesus, dude. <laughs> I did not make a par until the 18th hole. You just was it just gettable? To, like like well, almost overly gettable? Not really. Just it's just you, stop going for things. I couldn't get off the tee, and when you can't get off the tee, you're reloading, and so I was making just double after double after double. <laughs> and um, yeah, I started with a birdie, then made a double, then made an eagle. So if you make an eagle, uh, we took a group photo, and I got like a a foldable memorabilia like plaque, not plaque, but like a printed piece of like really nice paper that lists the details of the clubs that I used to make the Eagle, what hole it was on, what, who it was with and a group photo with it. Like they like memorialize your Eagle. And every time I got a birdie, uh, like everyone has like their own little cup of coffee. Uh, our caddy put a sticker on my, on the top of my coffee thing to represent the birdies. It was, it was awesome. It was so cool. She didn't, she wouldn't have had enough stickers to represent all the doubles and triples, but, um, I'm gonna audit your uh, your uh, eagle thing. Make sure you're playing Callaway stuff. It was Callaway two. It's a Callaway two Odyssey putter. It's all listed on there. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's just it was cool. We played with a played with a guy from Octagon actually over there, and uh, and a, a Korean that's aspiring to be a pro. And we had a great Wolf Hammer. Taught him Wolf Hammer. They loved it. It's a cross generate. It's a cross uh, cross border game. We're gonna take this game worldwide, uh, and they loved it. And then. Uh, so that was that, and then we we got to get to questions here eventually. But man, I got so much to say about these yeah. golf courses. Uh, went down to South Cape, which is I I had you heard of any of these courses before I went over there? The only one I'd heard of was the whistling the nine bri- well whistling because of DJ with like nine bridges just because for the wrong I was reasons. So, yeah, I was so ticked off at at how they hired a consultant to basically pay off golf magazine to get in the rankings. Allegedly, so, but very, very yeah, allegedly. <laughs> yeah. um, so South Cape is a Kyle Phillips course built in 20. It opened in 2013. And uh, it's also, you're big, you're big on Kyle Phillips. I'm in now. I get it now. I totally get it now. Um, he, this is cause what he did there is, is, is pretty remarkable. Uh, so this guy, uh, Chairman Chung, is the owner of this place. He is a former former fashion mogul uh, in Korea and a pretty famous person in Korea, from what I gather. Um, he owns the place, built the place, and it's actually a public resort. Um, and it's pretty reasonable cost-wise. 
for it's like three hundred ninety dollars or something. I, I can't read the website because it's in it's in Korean, but something only like three hundred ninety dollars to play there. Which if you saw it, that would trust me, that's a bargain. Um, I got put in touch with someone there. And it went from them being kind of almost too busy to host me because it's October is the busiest golf month of the year uh, in Korea, and th- to being oh actually we're, you're going to play with the chairman. So I played with the, <laughs> the owner of the course and talk about hospitality. I mean, Whistling Rock and Hazley were unbelievably hospitable. Then I get to play with the owner of the course. They had me out to so you have to fly down there. I flew to Jinju and my flight got canceled. I had rebooked on another flight and. Got there late Thursday night, got into my hotel room. It's got heated floors. The toilet seat lifts up when you walk into the bathroom. It's it's beyond extravagant. I later found out I was sleeping on a $20,000 bed. Uh, and the art around this sleep? place. What's you that? Sleep oh, you I sleep art? You sleep art? It was a very valuable sleep. It was it was tremendous. Um, and then you go meet the chairman. Chairman arrived from Seoul on the same flight that I was supposed to be on the day before. We met for breakfast and... He's 76 years old, has purple dyed hair, and uh, and just built this golf course. Isn't like a huge golfer, but saw this land and said, I have to have a golf course there. Hired Kyle Phillips, come do it, and uh, had breakfast. And then we went and played. Stop after nine holes, just everything stops. Went in and had a burger. And uh, it was it was re- almost ready for us by the time we got there. He had called in, uh, the caddy had called in the order. Had a, had a, and he, he after every meal he has like a frozen yogurt with crushed up pistachios in it. We had that all three times, and <laughs> uh, I mean it was an experience. Did, I mean he did spoke, you call him the chairman? I I did. I called him Chairman Chung when I would speak to him. I don't know if that's like a Mister thing over there, but I just figured and, it was better. To, and did he speak English? He spoke all, very good English, um, yeah. very good vocabulary, uh, but a lot of the conversation was yes and no answers. So it was a bit challenging at times, you know, and, uh, but he understood everything I said, but it would, you know, it'd be like, I don't know. Do you usually, God, like, dude, in my head, I'm just like picturing like you playing with Mugatu. It's in kind of what it was like. I mean, he was, couldn't have been a nicer guy and it was, I wish I knew more about him before I, before we went and, and, and did it. I mean, he would. You know, they had, he built this like music library in the clubhouse. It has these like old German World War speakers in them. Um, that the like, he just plays classical music on it, and like the the coffee mugs have composers on them. There's no detail overlooked. There's like the uh, I, there's they have leather chairs in the banquet hall, like hundreds of them or tens. I don't know, maybe a hundred of them in this banquet hall. Each chair was like thirty five hundred US dollars. They said. Uh, I complimented one of the tables in the restaurant, like this big, big table they had. It was $20,000 table. I mean, the clubhouse is insane. You guys will see the pictures in the write-up that I've done, which I'm, I'm almost finished with. But uh, front, and then So that's just, again, that's all just clubhouse. And by the way, we did the whole Korean experience together too. Went and dipped in the hot tub together. Uh, they, they, this place had an outdoor one. So you walk outside the locker room. It's got a little outdoor section where you just walk around naked. The pictures and- that this one looked like – I don't know. Just the, that piece of land looked so spectacular. Oh, man. So front nine is solid. And I've seen all the pictures of the golf course. The first hole is remarkable. Fifth hole is a par five. It's really good. The par threes are excellent throughout the entire course. But the first, the front nine won't blow you away. The back nine stretch from the 11th is a great par five. And then 12 through 16, I'm like struggling to think of a better and more fun stretch of golf that I've played. It is 
It is magnificent. I think the 13th hole is like a 340 par 4. I, I actually sent an email to Kyle Phillips. I'm waiting to hear back on him. I, I would love to see that as a drivable hole. I think I, I wasn't quite sure what to think of that hole. Um, 12 is a great par 4, and you're all along the water. Uh, 13, it's this medium 340 par 4, and then 14 is like this 145-yard par 3. It looks a lot like Cypress Point, number 15, and it kind of looks like 7 at Pebble, like a combination of the two. Uh, just un- unreal par three, such a fun hole. And then the 15th is gets easily, easily overlooked. It's like an uphill cape hole dog leg to the left that the further left you go, the more uphill it gets and the more Canyon you have to carry. The Cape is you carry a Canyon, like you are perched above the sea and you've got to carry a Canyon uphill to this cape hole, this huge dog leg left. And I bailed too far right, and I still had seven iron in up the hill. I mean, it's only like a 300-something yard par four, but it was it was the most fun cape hole I've ever played. Probably my favorite hole in the course. And then 16 is the pictures that, that I've posted a ton of of this area. Is it long par three? Long par three, 200 yards, over water, over this big, ridiculous canyon. Uh, they got one of those tea houses right there on that green. <laughs> and, oh, my God, dude, it was it was unbelievable that stretch of golf was so much fun i played played awful again but um i feel like the i feel like the middle easterners are gonna hear this and they're gonna be like oh sally sally likes opulence and excess like we'll show him opulence and excess let's Let's get him over to, to Dubai or Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Dude, I need to go play a, like a Muni like very soon. Like I need to be humbled. I need to be brought back down to earth. Uh, We're coming is, down to Jacksonville next week. So we'll go out to Jack's Beach. Take me to the, take me to something time. worse. I need something worse. I need to be brought down to earth because this was. We'll go down to Palatka. We'll play Palatka. Done. It's an old, an old Ross, but it's like it's like fifty eight hundred yards, and there's not grass on half the greens. Done. So, so does that sound good? That sounds good. Um, and then, yeah, we went in, did the did the bat, and then had a sh- had dinner at like at uh, six o'clock. And uh, this is going to shock you: the meat like we had at dinner was some of the, like the best meat I've ever had in my life. And he says all the visitors come and say that it's a special local meat. It was like so soft, so much flavor, and uh, a Korean style barbecue dinner. So my flight was at eight thirty, and I was like, "What?" I asked him like, "What time should I leave?" And he goes, mm, seven twenty." And it was like 35 minutes away. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm a guy that gets to airports early. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, trust me, you'll be fine. And he could see that I was still a bit uneasy. And he goes, uh, if, you, if you're feeling late, I will call and they will hold the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. That, you got there? You're a badass. I got there in plenty of time. Yeah, it was no big deal at all. It was the smallest airport like you could ever imagine. So. So that was golf in Korea. Uh, I don't think I left anything out, man. That was uh, the highlight of the trip was kind of seeing the way they do it there. Uh, I know a lot of people listening to this probably won't have the chance to do that, but I thought it was definitely worthy of discussion because it's so. I didn't know any of this stuff before I went there and experienced it. So hopefully, people at least got something out of that. But uh, any other anything else I'm missing from that? Are we ready to get to some questions because we have a lot of good ones? Yeah, I don't think anything missing. I think it was just. Uh... Uh, so P, Dub P won the first event, Leishman won the second event, and then JT won I woke the second up event. this morning. JT or, yeah, <laughs> and then and then DJ, he he just shit himself. I don't know what happened. I'm afraid. I don't want to go watch it. It does, it, does, it was a slow bleed. I think five bogeys, no, no birdies, and crazy he bogeyed the first two holes, and then just kind of like I don't know. It was weird. So, um, 
And then Ryan Armour won the Sanderson Farms today, but we can get to that in the questions. We don't, we don't need to dive into that yet. <laughs> um, have you? I we I literally sent this out right before we came on, so I have not filtered through them. Have you? Do you have any handy? I can start scrolling. Uh, go ahead if you got a couple. I haven't really looked at them yet. Joshua wants to know Twitter. driver off the deck, JT or Leash. Uh, that is that is that is the scale. That is the spectrum right there. That's what the scale in which everyone <laughs> yeah. will be judged. JT is at the bottom and Leishman's at the top. I know JT claims he can hit him now, but until we see it in a tournament, um, I'm not gonna gonna go for that. I feel like I feel like Kevin Nas low key really good with the driver off the deck too. Low key thick. Uh, no leash is. Uh, God, I love how many. So one one retweet, fifty three likes, a hundred and six replies. Oh my that's God. like we're gonna be here. A while. That's like typically like a controversial. <laughs> That's a bad ratio. Yeah, um, Joe C. Any chance you get Cat on the pod soon? Have attempts been made? Oh, what, what a thought! I should definitely try for that. Uh, attempts have been made. Uh, we've gotten polite no's, um, and I—it's not been ruled out in the future. I don't know if it'll. I—I'd I'd be surprised if it happened, but uh, attempts have been made. Trust me, we are. Uh, we we. It's, I love the questions. They're like, "Have you ever thought of having this like Hall of Fame player on the pod?" No, of course yeah. we have. Like we're working on some of this stuff. Uh, working on Phil as well. It's gonna. It hopefully will happen someday. So, uh, uh, Big Randy asked, "Is DJ a generational talent?" And then Andy Friday replied, "Yeah, is DJ still the greatest player to ever play the game?" And my my whole supposition on that is that DJ. He is still the greatest player to ever play the game. It was it's just like on a one or two hole stretch. <laughs> like I, I'm serious. I think his upside is Oh, I know you're serious. It scares me how like serious his, you are. His his uh his final hole at Oakmont, that was the greatest hole ever played. Okay. I'm gonna let like you ever. I know so you want me to get all riled up, but I'm just gonna let you I'm gonna let you do it. Um, uh, there was a good one. Oh, darn it. Oh, I, it was a good, oh, who is, is I forget. I'll find who, who asked this. It was someone who's asking you, uh, who's, who's up and coming in the LPCP world. Uh, who are our best prospects? That's a good question. I, I need to like dig in on that a little bit. Cause I want to look at the up and comers. I, I, you know what? I gotta, I gotta say it. I, I don't, I don't want to flame this kid, but. It just his whole shtick just bothers me, and he hits the shit out of the ball. So he's not like he's not like vintage LPCP, but Matt Atkins, okay. Sketchers Apparel Ooh. plays a yellow ball. Oh, constant white belt. Um, I like his game. I mean, he he thrashes the ball. He's pretty raw, but man, he just everything that he does ancillary to the golf is like viscerally offensive to me. So yellow that's what ball, I'm saying. yellow ball gets you banned. I mean, yeah, Willie Wilcox is still uh, trying to recover from that. Somebody asked, "Do you think Hideki can win this week?" <laughs> yes, I do. Even if he's not playing, I think he can win. Yeah. Uh, my boy Bach over under ten pro ams played during the seventeen eighteen season for Team NLU. Oh, oh, the whole Team NLU. I don't know, man. We, we've been talking about. Many people are saying that Sally's been playing too many pro ams. It's it's it might be accurate. These the two in Asia were just like a throw in, like it, super appreciative, obviously. But they uh, more kind of last minute. They're like, oh, do you want to play the pro am? I was like, 
Yeah. For the record, I don't apply for these things. I'm not like begging for spots in pro-ams. JT or somebody was like, oh, I saw you weaseled your way into another pro-am. It's just like, all right, he's he's here. We got to keep this guy occupied or else he's going to start doing something we don't like. So, uh, uh, no, I don't weasel my way in. I get asked. We got to. All right. We both got to play in the in the BMW charity pro and the. We, we got to figure that out. Yeah. We got to figure out a way to get multiple spots in that. If you guys have ideas for that too, yeah, we're 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 working on an, on on getting. If we got me and Tron or two of a, two, any two people in the same group, we would like want to make it something fun out of it. That could be really fun. But yeah. uh, uh, good question from Connor Payton. When was the last time you paid for golf? <laughs> I paid <laughs> recently. I paid at Jeju Island. I paid at paid at Blackstone. I like that 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 little play on play on that question. That was a good. That was you know what I felt like the commissioner kind of copped out on that. He froze. I, he's just seen look on his face. But uh, well, like, even even then, like you know, paying yeah, you paid for golf at your course, but like you're still a member, right? You know, like I want to know when the last time he like straight up showed up at a course that he'd never played before and paid. Um, uh, can we talk about? Can we talk about Big Cat wearing the shades in the courthouse? Yes, we can. Um, I was thinking, is it like, is it is it too niche to have that as a Halloween costume? Like, if you are the Big Cat and then you just walk around with guys and see, that, that, well, I think that's just kind of too lazy, almost. Okay, yeah, like all you do is just throw on some shades, some Nike shades with it, with some croquis on them. Um, you what know, do you I, think about? The I cat? like the fact that he was wearing like a what was like a mock, like a mock, you know, like one of those mock uh, shirts. Or a T-shirt underneath a blazer, like that was more frightening to me than anything with the sunglasses. You think he plays the hero? Uh, yeah, I think he does. Yeah, I think, I think so a too. lot of people, you know, everybody wants to say, "Oh, he's gonna be back with a vengeance." Like, I think he's gonna be back. I don't, I don't think he's gonna be back with a vengeance. And I, I'll still, you know, I think Big Randy and I have like a five hundred dollar bet on the fact that I think he wins. I think he wins another major. God. Somewhere down the line, I was I was in that camp for a long time. I'm I'm I've graduated. I'm still in it. I'm still in it. You, you can uh, stay in it for like another twenty years. Is the thing about golf. I know Whenever, that's the thing, man. All these longevity the bets you can last forever. Uh, Brett Coburn, what's the number one rule change you'd like to see? I think we've been talking about shot, one recently. Shot clock. I thought you were going to go sure. with backstopping. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean that's not really a rule change. That's yeah. just like actually enforcing the rules. But it's not. You, so you've been you've been beating this though that it's like actually a rule, and I I don't think I'm not on board with with your take on that. It's it's a it, the rule is if if like player A wants to mark their ball, player B has to let them. It's not against the rules for both play for player A to not mark his ball and to player B. To no, use but it it's to also against the rules where if you think if you think that your that that ball has the possibility of interfering with your ball, that's incumbent upon you. To ask the other player to mark, it is. That's a rule. Yeah, almost positive. I'm gonna need to see that. Lit- it's like literature. a very subjective part of the rules, but it, but it is like it's in there. Okay, I'm gonna have to um, read that one. I haven't read that one before, but that yeah. that would change things for me. But uh, it's see, interesting you, to kind of go over that to guys. you Did, go over to Asia, you start hanging out with JT, and I know, I asked back. a lot of guys. I actually gave JT <laughs> a hard time about it. I I I was telling him like, look, man. Because I don't agree with him, I don't. Ag- I'm with you on it that it's kind of gotten out of hand. I'm kind of with Shackelford on this too, and I asked Uline about it on the pod too. And he had a pretty good answer, but it was just kind of, 
kind of interesting to hear him say, like, yeah, I don't want to be viewed as a dick for hurrying up and marking my ball. And uh, that's kind of an interesting culture thing on tour. So, But I, it is yeah. kind of 50-50. I, t- I talked to some players. They're like, oh, if that ever happened in front of me, that would, that would piss me off. And then some guys are like, you guys are really making this a way bigger deal than it is. It's It just kind of happens, and it's not like we're trying to help each other out, but it's not always easy to get up and mark your ball. And um, Yeah, so. but like, I, felt, I feel like the one a couple weeks ago where, like, with – Yeah, and, like, I know Chester. Finau's, like, the yeah. nicest guy. Yeah, and, like, yeah, but, like, Kokrak was 20 yards off the green. He easily could have scooted and marked it within – it's five seconds, ten yeah. seconds. You know, yeah. It was just that one kind of. I would, I would like to see, I would like to see the belt, the shot clock, the belt, <laughs> the belt, the belt. You know, that's an old whatever one. you may have. So. <laughs> that's an old one where, yeah, if you get put on the clock, you got to wear a vibrating belt that's going to pulsate. Uh, that was that was one of my old half big. By the way, we uh, Jay, sorry, we're on a first name basis now. Commissioner Monahan. Uh, <laughs> Wants to hear our half baked ideas that we have on tournament or anything like that. So we gotta we gotta flesh some more of these out. So oh, I love it. Okay, uh, I got so much of that stuff. I got drawn in to the uh, to the aura of Jay Monahan. By the way, I, everyone says just the nicest things about him. And my first like legit, we, you and I met him at the players, but the first like sit yeah. down and chat and whatnot. Uh, super impressed. Yeah, we like ran up to him at the players like just out of the blue. I was like, oh, it's the commission. Let's go say hi. And, you know, you'd think there'd be, like, three people around him. No, he's just like, hey, what's up, guys? Like, he's yeah. so laid back. Yeah, he gets it. So, he gets it. So I'm in. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm way in on the commission. Yep, I'm, way in. We're boys. Uh, he was, he's all in on tour sauce, by the way. He was he was spraying sauce at the golf zone, golf zone uh, screen golf place we were at. By the time we taught him about it, he was tapping sand off of his sh- – fake sand off of his <laughs> shoes. He was all in. He It was the best. Um. There's a few there's a few things in here that are kind of like all right who's on who's on your year end shit list and you know hashtag yeah. fucks list like I think we can do a year end wrap up yeah. pod yeah with kind of the whole crew to do that so maybe next uh, week more to come there what's that maybe next week oh yeah yeah we do next week um, um we gotta do the do the Pros of low price goods and services outweigh the cons of being a Jacksonville resident. No, not who, at all. Who who read that one or who sent that one? Austin Weiss okay. sent that one. Uh, no, not at all. In fact, I think Solly's trying to move down here. So I'm coming. Bite baby. your tongue, Austin. I'm coming. Yeah. We're gonna make it. We're gonna we're gonna have some vibes down there. I have. I'm really excited. I'm hoping for January. It's gonna depend on what our uh, our little winter schedule come, fall, ends up falling out to be. But uh, uh, who will the first? NLU sponsored pro B. I don't know. We're working on it. That's that's gonna happen. That really is gonna happen. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, uh, finally got my pullovers yesterday. I just got home yesterday. Uh, I can't take them off. They're the greatest thing I've ever worn. They're amazing. And uh, there's not a lot left. So if you guys are still want to shop for uh, the NLU pullovers, I suggest you go now. They're Holderness and Born. They're fire. They're amazing. The vests are great too. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to wear that yet though. We got. We got one complaint about the about the cost, uh, you know. But this is this is this is prime stuff here. We're talking, right? You know, this isn't like, you know, we sourced it from, you know, Taiwan. This is like, hey, Holderness and Born, and you're going to own this for the next fifteen to twenty years, kind of thing. Oh, so. it's it's an investment, and they're they're quality, <laughs> and uh, it would help support us a lot if you guys want to plot by there. But enough self promotion. Uh, 
Actually, not enough self-promotion, but this next question. J.W. Caton says, what's next for NLU? Takeaways on 2017 and thoughts for 2018. Uh, I, I guess more to come on that, too. We could probably flesh that out a little bit more um, as of next week. But, uh, but yeah, we're first things first, we're trying to get this travel series ramped up. Um, going to Australia here after Thanksgiving. That's right. We have a great trip lined up to Australia. I know uh, pretty tight, very tight itinerary for at least while you guys are there. So I know a lot of people have reached out with, uh, you know, with some course suggestions and whatnot. We're trying to get in as much as we can. And uh, I'm staying for a little while longer. I'm actually doing like an extended trip with my family. That uh, That's kind of the, how this thing all came together, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the future. But some good times ahead. Um, I wanted just to continue, uh, continue with storytelling and uh, – Get get more involved. Once I'm down there in person, I think things are really going to take off too, and uh, more time freeing up is going to be a good thing. And uh, all the support we've gotten along the way to make that possible is uh, super appreciated. So I know the people that are listening to this yeah. one hour in are uh, are the diehards, and uh, it's 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 kind of cheesy to sign off like that. And we don't have to be done, but I I just want to always any chance I get to say thanks to everyone that helps spread the word, helps tell somebody about it. You know, a lot of people don't even listen to podcasts that. You know, we we hear word of so-and-so told me about it. This is the first podcast I ever listened to. I love it. I'm 20 episodes back now. So uh, all that spreading the word stuff that you guys do is uh, just all super appreciative. And it helps us, which means it helps us give you guys more content. So very cyclical thing, but much appreciated. I got a question for you. Did you did you uh, run into Oppie Bonrad at all where you were there? Uh, he was not there. He was not at either uh, place. He, that's right. He played. He played this past week. He was yeah. playing. In, I think he played the Euro Tour event. Um, Could not see him. Yeah, hopefully, as far as next for NLU two, hopefully I'm coming on full time here in the next few months. I wasn't sure if we were TV allowed to TV. say that with your with your job, so I I knew that no, was, I knew that exactly. as the truth. But uh, yeah, that's 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 TBD exactly. on a few things, but. Uh, yeah, the takes are going to come full time and it's going to be, I'm going to be like, it's like uh, Sunday, Sunday night when we're recording this and like, I'm thinking like, man, it'd be nice to just write some stuff tomorrow morning instead of diving in on, you know, budget strategy and forecasting and well, I'm <laughs> Excel. Gonna, you know? My job description is going to change. I'm going to be like Trump staff trying to keep you away from your phone and away from right from 24 hour <laughs> Tron Twitter. It's going to be, this is my nightmare. So. <laughs> no, it's good. Well, Porath always tells me, he's like, yo, you just need to like, you need to quit giving this stuff away on Twitter. Yeah, you think? And, and like, do columns. And I'm like, I know, man, I know, but that just takes so much more energy. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to make content. This is not easy. I just get off a, you know, I get off a phone call, I get off a conference call, and I'm, you know, I'm like all fired up, and I'm, I just, you know, three or four tweets in a row, and then I'm like, all right, I'm good. And yeah. I hop on another conference call. That's what know? another question we got was what's one of the be- the benefits or best things so far about focusing on NLU? Oh, Chad Buchanan, here it is. Besides the players and courses, what's the best thing about focusing more on NLU? Besides stress, what's the worst? The best is definitely not writing stuff necessarily at 2 a.m. because it's my only time of day that I have to do it. And, um, you know, what's the worst is probably – uh, I don't know. It's 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 weird, like living at home and uh, kind of having to, 
And it's also kind of sucks, I and mean, not sucks, but to do like all the content stuff plus business stuff and trying to make it work as a business, yet also trying to keep the same pace and uh, quality of the of the content is it's a tough tough balance. So it's it's a tonight will be a late night. It's Sunday night working, and you know I work pretty much every single day, but it's a pretty fun and cool job, so it doesn't feel feel like work. So definitely definitely not complaining about it. But uh, yeah, I think and a lot of people are kind of make comments like, "Oh, you have the greatest." This is the greatest job, greatest life in the world, but it's it, it is. Don't get me wrong; I'm super thrilled with it. But man, it, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff goes into this, and uh, and uh, so yeah, it's a grind, but it's fun, and uh, I'm excited to get to bring to bring more you you on board and bring more guys on full time to kind of to kind of roll up the sleeves and really get our hands dirty. Uh, I got a good one here. Would you rather have a one week all access pass to a Ryder Cup week? Or an all expenses paid season long trip to every Narcos tour stop. <laughs> like that's that's the biggest no brainer in the history. Of the world. <laughs> you can make it three Narcos tour stops and I'd still be in. That would be that is the grind right there. Did you see pictures of was it you that posted the pictures from uh Uruguay? No, no, uh I won't say his name, but guy sent his, his Sent them over to Andy and I, and, and Andy posted them, and, then, and he sent a few follow-ups, too. Uh, Shout-out to Brian Ritchie, too, Florida guy that won down there this week by a bunch. Um, but, but no, and actually, I was talking to Huber and Baker tonight, and they were like, dude, that that range looks like five times better than it did three years ago. <laughs> like, there's actual grass on the range. And I guess there's these guys that, instead of, like, they don't have a picker out on the range. So these guys just walk around in hard hats oh out my there God. picking up ball like a while. Like, this, that shit is real. That's man. the real stuff right there. That's exactly I want to get the down there ASAP. We got to so. do that. that that's, once we have the time, that's, that's, that's on the list of things for us to do. Yeah, so. that's going to be – I'm just – I'm like web tour, narcos, tortron. You just send me down there. Let me fend for myself for a couple months, and I'll come back with some stories. Sure. Hmm. Well, why don't we cap it at that, and we'll save. We have a lot of more questions. We can maybe do a, another mailbag pod with DJ and stuff next week when we're when I'm down okay. there, down in Florida. Sweet. How's that sound? So sounds good, dude. Thanks for uh, indulging me on my Korea stories and uh, for faking. glad you're back stateside. Glad that glad that Lil Kimmy didn't didn't buck his head too hard. Not too hard over there. I it tried to like, go to the DMZ. They like, wouldn't let me. Like the, really. Uh, though the, the tours to the DMZ wouldn't were not going because they had uh, military exercises going on that week, so um, I wouldn't have had time anyways. So it's lit, yeah, literally. But uh, man, that was fun. That was so much fun. I'm glad that uh, we were able. Thanks a lot to all our contacts of the tour that were helping help arrange uh, the access and everything for that that stretch in Asia. That's that's yeah. it was it was just super cool to see that that golf on that side of the world and kind of go do you know do something that no one else in the, in the golf media was really doing. That was, that was pretty special. And all the hospitality of all the places I visited in Korea and everything is awesome. I'd love to do it again. So hopefully sometime down. Oh, it's the road. a cool, yeah. And I'll, and I'll say too, I, I think it's, I think it's cool and integral what the tours do and with the way that they're building the schedule in Asia. Like I'd like to see, I'm hearing rumors, but I'd like to see a tournament in Japan. Yep. Uh, I was trying to get Monahan you know, like, on that. He didn't bite, but I, yeah. I, uh, I, it's, there's a lot of rumors about Japan. I think that's a reality very soon. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, it's cool. Like you, you could tell like the, just the, the, how important it was to the Korean players and, you know, how, how much 
interest there is in golf just with all the LPGA tour pros you know coming out of Korea too like it's a golf crazed nation let's take advantage of it you know there's good so. stuff going on in golf in that part of the world so uh, all right Tron this will be good enough for get people's week started hopefully another episode coming Wednesday that's going to be very 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 different than anything we've done um, but uh, hopefully it's gonna be, it should be a really fun one so hopefully that comes together tomorrow so for now let's call it thanks buddy See you, dude. Later. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. <laughs>